Blessed, part four. Being blessed is more than circumstantial. It is an intentional act on behalf of God to remind us that we are his in every situation of our lives. We hear it so much that sometimes it goes over our head that God is a very present help in the time of storm and he'll never leave you or forsake you. We hear it so much until sometimes we just miss it. But I'm reminded of it all the time. For instance, one morning I was sitting on my porch praying. I was thanking God for his provision and care. And I also was praying to God about about specific issues I was facing as a pastor. When I finished praying, I heard music playing from across the highway. Now, to hear music from across the highway is not unusual. My neighbor plays rock and roll, country, and other popular music genres all the time. The guy uses it as a means to attract attention to his continual yard sale because he's always trying to sell something, you know, pick up, a little, pick up a little extra change. But what caught my attention that morning was the song that he was playing. It was an up-tempo version of There's Not a Friend Like the Lowly Jesus, which happens to be one of my favorite hymns. There's a line in the song that says, Jesus knows all about your troubles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. And that line played, y'all, right at the end of my prayer, as if God was sending me a signal from eternity, telling me that he was listening and that I didn't have to fret. As I stood from my chair after my crying session with God, I walked back into the house with the confidence that God was not only listening, but present in my situation. In due time, he would respond to my cry and tend to my needs. And I thought, that's what it means to be blessed. The assurance that God is present and active in my situation. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. In that specific situation that I was in, God was attending to my condition as his child, creating in me the confidence to rest, knowing that provision and renewal would restore my soul. He would show me exactly what was right and good to promote his great name. As believers, we live in the namesake of God in Christ Jesus on a hill called Calvary, hanging on a symbol of death and destruction, our God turned that desperate, broken, dying moment into a foreshadow of things to come. It was not the end. It was the beginning of life everlasting. David, in verse 4 of the 23rd Psalm, says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We hear those words so much as believers that sometimes they lose their significance. One time I was so broken and hurt that the only thing that would comfort me was the embrace of my mother. I fell into her arms and just cried. In another instance, my wife's loving touch reminded me that I was not DOA dead on arrival. And at, uh, and at other times to have a hug from my children would, have, would, would allow me the opportunity to rest in a place where the only thing that mattered was love. God uses the presence of people to remind us that we are not alone. But when talking about God, it is hard to fathom his presence in the face of incredible hardship and pain, particularly when it won't relent, it won't quit, it won't leave us alone. God feels absent and quiet 
But if we believe the word of God, which is our solace and visible covenant from a loving God solidified in blood, we know that he is present. He is not MIA. He is not missing in action. God is there. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, God presents his case against the Israelites. He essentially says, what have I done for you? What have, what have I done to you? Uh, for you to not trust my love and care. What have I done that made you go after idols? I brought you out of Egypt. I led you through the wilderness. I led you through deserts and pits. I led you through a land of drought and the shadow of death. I guided you through uncharted land safely to your destination. And on top of all of that, I brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruits and live on its goodness. What have I done for you to forsake me? Can you hear that in your spirit? The implication is that there was death all around, but I was with you. In my tradition, we would say God has kept us from danger seen and unseen. That is where we are now. There is danger all around us. There are things going wrong everywhere we turn. But you need to ask yourself, what is your response as you look at the wilderness with its deserts and pits? What is your resolve in dry places as the shadow of death looms overhead? What will you speak over yourself as you look at a pandemic, cultural upheaval, polarization and uncertainty? How will you react to what your eyes see, your ears hear, and your emotions feel? Here is what I say. I say, I will fear no evil for God is with me. God is present. If you have fallen into uncertain times and the enemy is trying to get you to focus on what's going on, say it with me. I will not fear. I will fear no evil for God is with me. David killed a lion, bear, and a giant because God was with him. Gideon and a band of 300 men slew an entire army because God was with him. Elijah saw fire descend from the heavens and consume a watery wooden sacrifice because God was with him. Sarah conceived a child when her womb was barren because God was with her. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down for Joshua because God was with him. There is no telling what we can do when we remember that God is with us. When God is with us, his rod and staff are guaranteed. Therefore, we will be comforted. In biblical times, the rod was used to fight for the sheep when predators came around. It was also used to count the sheep. It was a tool used to guarantee their safety and their presence. Because sheep are short-sighted, the shepherd would raise his staff and point in the direction of pasture for them to feed. The sheep didn't have to know exactly where to go, only that the shepherd pointed in a given direction. As they left, the sheep would walk under the rod as they went out in the morning. And when they came back in the evening, the shepherd would count one, two, three, and he'd call them by name. He'd count them each time they left and when they came, always making sure they had made it back to the sheepfold safe and sound. You and I don't have to know the specifics of our journey, only that God is with us. Don't take for granted the significance of God's presence. He will count us as we go and secure us when we return, each time leading us to pasture that will secure the days of our lives, all because we are blessed. 
I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus of First Baptist Church, Indian Trail, Marshfield, North Carolina, and you've been listening to Soul Food.